Turn with me to Isaiah 50, please. Praise the Lord. A question. Uh, do any of you feel that your way of talking, your, la- your language or your speech has changed since you became a believer? Really? You don't know how that makes me feel. So happy about that. I feel that way too for myself. That uh, how we talk and uh, how we are with people in home and at work and with family and how we talk and how we think. So I I, I have a short a message. You know, it's not going to be short, right? You know that, so I'm not, why do I even say it? That's one thing about speech, right? Correcting ourselves, so, yeah, I just did that. Okay, turn to Isaiah 50, verse 4. Imagine Christ comes into the world of cursing and arrogance and manipulation and divisiveness and religious pride, and then how does he talk? when he is with us and let's follow him and and watch him by the way the women's seminar yesterday and friday friday night it was amazing there was a table of food like i've never seen before did you see that table i mean the men didn't see the table why why do we have like just you know you know what? We have beans and hot dogs and beans, and hey, be satisfied with that. No, move along. Move along. Ladies have gourmet cheeses and strawberries. Was there chocolate too? With dipping and strawberry, gourmet. What are we? Chopped liver? Huh? What do we get? You know, hash out of the can. Dinty Moore stew. Okay, so Isabella Palmieri shared something very profound, and it was, our trials are ordained of God. Like, that was amazing. Our trials are ordained of God. And every trial, God uses the trial, and, he, and we respond to him, and we grow and find him in it was great and um, I appreciate it I think we have the best women in the world in this and you know I tell it at the gym right okay all right forget it move on here hey no the amazing women and I was joking like yesterday when I said after I listened to the first two speakers I changed my mind that we should ordain women And the women were like, no, no, don't do that. No, I said, if I went to the elders with that idea, they'd, I'd be removed immediately. <laughs> okay. Good to have Pastor Shabelli here. He's heading to Asia. I can't believe how hard he works and what he does. It's amazing. And Linda, I mean, and they're their 50th wedding anniversary today, right? 50 years ago. Fifty years ago, 
And uh, Linda said, I do. He said, I take her. And then she said, I do. And then her, her parents said, you'll, you'll live to regret it. There's no, no, you'll never regret it. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. Look at this verse. We're, we'll take four pieces out of the verse. Just make a simple outline here. The Lord God, this is God the Father, giving has given me the tongue of the learned. In verse 4. So number one, he has a certain way of speaking as the learned, educated from God, understanding God, understanding God's mind. God's given me the tongue of, of somebody with insight that Christ knew, that he understood. He came from heaven. But he still had to learn doctrine, Luke 2.52. He did. He had to live as a man when he's seven years old. Though he is God, he is a seven-year-old boy. And he's limited like a seven-year-old boy. But when he was 12 years old, he was 12 years old like a 12-year-old boy, but very wise. Like very, uh, very wise, whatever that was. But he had this. God, God gave it to him. It came from God. Of course, he had it in his deity, but he didn't live in the deity. Yes, he did. He lived as God, man. But what I'm, trying, what I'm saying is that he lived as a man by faith and, and limited himself on, uh, in the plan of God to be a humble Servant. So number one is, what was his tongue like? How did he talk? What was his speech like? What did he say? And how was that? Number two, verse four, that I should know how to speak. Number two, how to speak. And of course, I don't want to read into the scripture, but I'd like to just—I would like to bring your attention to the scripture. How to speak? How did he speak? He knew how. He knew if it should be firm, authoritative, if it was compassionate, if he wept and said a few words. How to speak? Hmm. A good word, isn't it? I think because you are spiritual people, you understand that sometimes when you go to bed and you know you should talk to somebody, you pray and you wonder, how do I speak to them? How do I do it? How do I approach them? When will it happen? I think that's the third point, verse 4. How to speak a word in season. So this is season or timing. How to speak timing. Jesus had this. He, he had this gift. 
He had this ministry. He had authority over his tongue. He, he, he could be quiet because it wasn't time. He, he could be quiet before Pilate. And when it was time to answer Pilate, then he knew, he knew how to speak. And he knew when to speak. When he spoke to the Pharisees, there were different kinds of Pharisees. Some Pharisees, he was very rough with them, Matthew 23. And he said to them, woe unto you. Count the woes in chapter 23. Like you are cursed people. You are cursed people. You are cursed people. This is what he said to them. Like he was strong. And, and then, uh, then there were other, other Pharisees that he could talk to and lead them. Have you never read what David's, what, what happened with David? Have you, have you never read again? And then how is it you don't understand? And the, another way he spoke to Pharisees was, uh, um, with Simon in his house. Simon, I have something to say to you. This woman has been forgiven much and loves much. And somebody has been forgiven a little loves little. Is that correct? Remember that in Luke 7. So I think you're following it with me. Look at verse 4 again. It says, To speak... A word in season to him that is weary. Number four, weary, tired, frustrated, angry, um, empty, lonely, weary, religiously weary. I love that idea, religiously tired, religiously. In the world, how about in the world, tired? In the world, exhausted, beat up, guilty, um, defeated, addicted, addicted to a drug or bad habit. Just he knows how to talk to us. He knows how to build us up. He knows how to lead us. He knows when to do it. He knows how to do it. He he has the timing. Uh, he knows uh, what to say. He has the word for us. Remember the seven churches? He had a word for them, and he explained. He told them where they were at and what it was that they had in the future. So this is Jesus Christ. Main point of this short, this, this lesson is that we would like to be something like him in our lives. We would like it to change our bad habits. And I have like three or four of the bad habits here in my papers, and I want to share with you. Okay, so what about this? I'll finish with that right now. Just does any of that make sense to you? Yeah? Okay. Let's go then to James 3.
verse 2. things we offend all. I wonder how we could illustrate that. Many things we offend all. I do. We do. We offend easily. We, we might walk past somebody without greeting them and they would expect us to greet them but we don't because it just maybe isn't in our mind where we offended them. Maybe somebody had a birthday and a friend of theirs did not recognize it or call them. They were offended. Um, Maybe something happened in the church. We were offended. Maybe a small thing. Nobody's to blame, but we just get offended easily. In many ways, words offend people. Absence of words, harsh words, divisive words, gossip. Um, many ways people are offended, and, and words is a big part of it. I said something to somebody recently, and I realized, ooh, boy, that, the, the spirit I said it in was right but I think the way it came out wasn't exactly right. Does that happen to you? And I, I have that also happened with my wife and I through the years. And, um, and I say, like a frog came out of my mouth. <laughs> a frog. It, that was a frog. That was a frog. That's from Book of Revelation, chapter 16, when frogs came out of king's mouths. And the house can fill up with frogs, like in Egypt. The frogs were everywhere. The frogs were in the bathroom. Here's the lesson. Don't fill your house up with frogs. That's all. Learn something. Learn something about, about your tongue. Learn something about our speech. Learn something for yourself. You have self-talk. And you have public talk, you have personal talk, private talk with, your, with people, and you have private talk, and we have a semi-private talk, and then we have public talk, and, and there's a lot of talk that happens in your life. And self-talk is a big part of it, too. So that's what we're... Look at chapter 3, verse 2. If any man offend not in word the same is a perfect man. Now, Jesus did offend, but it was based on this uh, Isaiah 50. He did offend in word, but it wasn't offensive to God. It was right. It was what they needed to hear. It was from God when he was angry with them. So that's to be understood. So here it says, verse 2, if you can control and not offend in word, then you are a mature man and able to bridle the whole body. Control 
the whole body to have control on your hands, your mouth, your eyes, to control your whole body, your feet. Imagine that. Isn't that a good word? That would be a blessing. Now, this is beyond us as sinners unless we are under the the guidance and the leading and the influence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit controls your body in Romans 6. The Holy Spirit cannot control our tongue. Acts 2, at Pentecost, the Spirit came down and there were tongues of fire. Isn't that tongues of fire? Not hands of fire, but tongue. Why tongue? Because that's the hardest part to control in a man. The Lord is saying, I will control your tongue. I will have authority over your tongue by the filling of the Spirit. You will praise me. You'll be thankful. You'll be wise. You'll be edifying. So we have chapter 3 is a great chapter. I think we're familiar with it. But, of course, if we did that as our message tonight, I'm sure it would be fresh and and it would speak to our hearts, but we don't have time. But I do have something I want to turn your attention to is in Matthew 12. And this will be the last part that we'll look at. Matthew 12, 34 to 37. <clears throat> so this is Matthew 12. O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of what is in our heart. That's why it's important to have a personal worship time where you, you cultivate in your heart the good things. They cultivate it because there's a time coming when you'll be tempted to say things out of your mouth that are evil. There are even habits that we have where we, we, um, we have these habits. I have a story here. This writer says, Sometimes it's hard to believe there are people who deliberately engage in bringing dissension. I had a cousin who had experienced much domestic turmoil during her childhood. Years later, at our family gathering, she was not satisfied until she had picked a fight or maneuvered somebody into an argument with another person. Being a peace breaker seemed to make her happier than enjoying family camaraderie. Dissension and division were so ingrained in her that she embraced them as normal. She professed a relationship with God, but her behavior overshadowed her claim. Proverbs 6.19, where there are seven things that the Lord detests, one of them is sowing discord 
amongst the brethren. And Paul urges believers to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let's stop there for a second. There are bad habits that we can have in our family where we call it normal. But we should bring that before the Lord and just say, Lord, this is actually not right. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't pick a fight. I shouldn't um, talk like this. But I do it because it's in my heart, because in my heart I'm angry. Or in my family, when I grew up, this is how we treated each other. And I enjoy the confusion and dissension and the fighting. And I have to say that, that this, this isn't what you want. You, you, you want to be like Jesus. Not, not on that level where that, that's in the world. And people do it at work. They do it as a way of life. But you don't do that. You can't do that. You, 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 are, saying, you are saying, no, I, I, want the, I want the Holy Spirit to teach me the goodness, the forgiveness, the love, the words, the words of life. I would like this. Read, read the verse with me, please. It says, verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. There it is. That's a good verse, isn't it? A good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. Why, why on a Monday morning when you go to work, do your people, the people at work say, well, how was your weekend? You just said, you say, I had a great weekend. What did you do? I was at the church. What did you get? The good things. The good things came into my heart at church. Good things. And out of, the, out of the heart comes the good things. And so I'm at work and I just say that and I mean it in my heart. And that's, they, they look at you twice. They go, what? And you go, yeah. Which raises another issue, I think, and that is, why would I read a book, pulp fiction book, about murder and adultery and uh, sexual, uh, um, what's the word, uh, in, uh, fire, fire, inflamed passion and lust, yeah, lust, inflamed passion. Why would I read that and feed my soul with that? What will come out of my heart? I'm, I'm walking in a grocery store and that comes out of my heart. And I look around and there's a, a pretty girl or something like that that comes out of my heart. Why, why does it come out of my heart? Because that's what I'm putting in my heart. That's how I think so evil comes out of my heart because I'm putting evil in my heart. But wait a minute, isn't God in the heart? Yes, God is in the heart. Are you in fellowship with God? Am I in fellowship with God? Then, then out of that fellowship will come the words, words of faith, words of appreciation. What a beautiful day it is today. 
What's in the heart? God gave us rain. Do you know how many places in the world they pray for rain? And we got buried with rain. <laughs> Thank you, God. You are so, so. Our world is green, like my favorite color. The world is green. Thank you, Jesus. It's in the heart. What comes out of the heart, the mouth is speaking from what is in the heart. Here's another good point. In speech, we have manipulation. Now, Delilah said this to Samson in 16, 15. I wonder if we could put that verse up, then I won't have to turn to it. Judges 16, verse 15. Delilah. Have anybody here ever met a Delilah? Are there any Delilahs in the house? And she said to him, how can you say, I love you, I lo- you, you love me, I love thee? How can you say, I love thee, when your heart is not with me? Huh, Samson? Your heart's not with me. You don't love me. You have mocked me these three times and not told me where in your great strength lies. What's she doing? Manipulating. If you love me, you would tell me. Uh, what if I loved you and I didn't tell you? What about that plan? Like, I don't tell you, but I love you. You shouldn't have been with her anyway, because she was greedy and also manipulative. Manipulative. I re- remember, because I'm a pastor for years, like many of the pastors here, this woman really wanted this guy to marry her. And they were out in nature, and she would threaten to jump off a, a cliff, you know, if he didn't do something about it, like ask her to marry him. That was when the, the flags went up. <laughs> That'll never happen. I'm not marrying a woman who is, like, threatening me to have her marry, have me marry her. Wow. All right, so... In your speech, you must have discernment, and this is beautiful, and you have it. The Holy Spirit will teach you, are you manipulative? The Holy Spirit will say, are you sowing discord? The Holy Spirit will show you, are you not, are you, what's coming out of your heart? That's what he will do. Go to Matthew 12, just to finish the text here. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things, and the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. There are things that are not in our hearts, and the world is shocked that's not in your heart. Honestly, don't you lie? Don't you deceive? You know, one time I was late for a meeting. I, 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 um, one time I was late for a meeting and I misplaced my keys. So I, I, I found them within a few minutes, but I'm late for the meeting. And then when I go to the meeting, I say, I'm late because I misplaced my keys. Why are you laughing so hard? Why? No, because we understand. That, I'm not late for the meeting because I misplaced the keys. I'm using that as an excuse. I'm being deceitful. That's deceit. 
That's a lie. That's not true. I was late anyway. But I just like threw the keys back there, looked around. Where are they? Lisa, have you seen my keys? I find, okay, I've got an excuse. I'm a liar. Honestly, I'm I'm not, I mean, I I mean, take what I'm saying, you know, in your heart. I am being a little silly. No, that point is true. But I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm trying you to understand the scripture here. Because this is what is in the heart of man. He can't be honest. He has a hard time being honest. He's had a hard time being transparent, vulnerable. He has a hard time admitting guilt. And he makes excuses as a habit to get off the hook. And I do too. I do too. That's what, that's us. But let's change, let's change it up. Have you ever been with somebody who, how about this? You explain something to somebody and they start answering you before they hear you. Before they hear you, they start answering you. They're not even listening. And the Bible says in James 1, be quick to hear and slow to speak. Isn't that good? What am I saying tonight? I'm saying that because you are born again, then you are going to learn how to speak with love, like Jesus here, and um, this, this one. You're going to learn how to speak with love. You're going to learn how to edify. And people are going to be drawn to your wisdom and your love and your joy and your encouragement and be honest with you. They can be honest with you and slow to speak. I love hanging out with Pastor Hadley because he checks me because he is objective and very honest, as all the, all the guys on our staff are. I'm very thankful for that. And then we just had um, Mark DeMoss here, and he was just a beautiful minister of the Spirit to us. To encourage us and edify. And I took that as a lesson too. How do we speak? And how do we edify? And what we can do in our families and with our friends. And then remember, let's just say, uh, the tongue of the learned, and, and the, let's put this word here, content. Number one is content. And I'll, I'll finish this up. I've got to have the content. Where do I get the content? In the church, in the Bible, with my friends. I'll end up being like them. They are those kind of people. They have a great tongue or a great content. They have something to say. I'm weary. I need help. I need encouragement. I need to go to the church and get loved up and get built up. It's a place for us, and that happens amongst us. And then Jesus says in this in Matthew 12, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account in the day of judgment. And that's this one here. Idle, idle word. Maybe a word not needed. Maybe a bad word. Maybe a gossip 
maybe an unnecessary word, maybe a lame excuse. I'm, I lost my keys. <laughs> Come on. You know, by the way, that can be. <laughs> okay. Every, it, the Lord, how many words, how many words, how many words are unnecessary and, and how many are wrong in how, how, what happens in, in our hearts and in our lives because we don't have this authority. I don't want you to leave here guilty. I want you to be challenged by this message. I want you to think about it and change it. In our house, it's a house of thanksgiving, quietness, praise, appreciation, content, fellowship, a good time, a good time. Maybe, Lisa, may I say, I want to say something. I don't want to, Lisa, my wife over here. Like, she likes this uh, sitcom. I hope it's okay for me to know she's saying. (laughs) I'm already already into it. What's the name of it? Uh, I love Raymond. I love Raymond, right? You know that one? I love Raymond. And I'll hear her in the other room laughing, you know. I love, it's like funny or pure and simple and like my wife is so pure I I feel that way like she's so edifying and so clean and like when things aren't aren't good like she turns it down never any any weird mysteries or murder or anything like that but just simple wholesome how about the Hallmark movies I don't know if you guys are on the TV I, I don't Personally, I don't girly movies or something. I don't know. They they romantic but wholesome, wholesome and that kind of thing. I'm saying, please listen. I'm saying, if you got anything in that area of your life that you need to get cleaned up, I challenge you to be filled with praise and encouragement and edification. It'll change your life. I'm not kidding. It'll change your life. You'll live long. It says that. First Peter 3, you will live long on the earth. It, I won't look for it. I know it's there. First, put it up, please. First Peter 3, 7. I already went to First Peter 3, 7. Isn't it? Uh, verse 8. And then 9. There it is. Okay, not there. That verse is it, and then ten. For he that will love life, see good days. Let him re- refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Okay, I got it wrong. I thought it was a long life, but he will love life. Love life. Do we love life around here? We love life. Life is good. Come on, look at the patio speaks for itself. We love life. We love life. See good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no deceit. Pastor, why are you late? Oh, I left my keys, but that's not the real reason. I slept too long. Or some other thing, whatever it is. My car had a flat tire last year. It had a flat tire. Okay, amen. 
Would you talk for a minute to each other about the message and, and love each other up with regards to the message? Go ahead and have a good time and then. Amen. Okay, enjoying your conversations. Okay, this is the offering. I just want to ask my wife a question. Can I tell him the, the 10 sitcoms you listen to? Where's Kathy at? Kathy, can I tell him the, the 10 sitcoms? No, no, no. Oh, man. Here we are supposed to guard our tongue. Natalia Chung is with us. Great to have you. Um, in my class, it's an introduction to church ministries. I asked if people knew Taya Patron, and many of them didn't. I said, she's an icon in the ministry. It was amazing. It's just amazing for me to see people that don't know somebody. I just... And then we had Colleen Collins come in uh, Thursday night, and many people didn't know her. And this is why it's just great to get to know people in the church. And probably one of the greatest ways to get to know people in the church, one of the greatest ways to get to know people in the church is to use your tongue, right, properly, and encourage and edify Um. The tongue of the learned, you know, like, like has content. They, it knows when, it knows how. It's like, it's like that tongue is under an influence continually. It's a chaste tongue. You know, the tongue is not their own. Uh, can't talk about themselves, right? Christ only once told us about who he was, and that's when he said he was meek and lowly. Um, so this is the offering. Um, what should we say about the offering? We do it so many times. Just don't let it be profane in our hearts. Um, if you're going through something financially, um, it's a time to believe um, it's not a time to think natural, because many times that's the time we try to get natural and find a solution in our financial problems is to think natural. You know, harder is better or something like that, or more is better. Um, but we can trust God. Um, not hiding something from God. Letting God have access is the way we we give offerings, giving God access. Um, having an ear to hear. Um, yeah, there's are ways to think about offering. Let it be like um, it's not attached to any any human wisdom or any past experience, but. Let every time that we give um, be attached to eternity. And uh, we don't have a method in the way that we actually give, but we give by faith. 
and it's an act of faith, an ongoing faith. And so we have uh, uh, glory in actually giving. And uh, it's not, you know, it's even like Matthew 12. It's not an idle word. It's not just an idle check or an idle offering. But we'll give an account someday of how we actually give, gave in the offering. So let's pray. Father, bless this offering, uh, the way we give, uh, this message that we heard about our tongue. May it be real in our lives. Um, may it be something where we really recognize you controlling our tongue. And surprise us, surprise us um, by who we can edify with our tongue and how you can use our tongue for your glory. What's this offering in Christ's name? Amen.